Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Break the Cycle with me, your host, Joshua Smith. Hope everyone's having a wonderful Monday. I know Mondays suck. I get it. I understand. But, uh, you know, before you know, it's going to be the weekend, and you guys are going to be having a good time again. Uh, we got a great show for you guys tonight, but let's start off with some sponsors. As per the usual, we got TopLobster.com, the man, the myth, the legend, my good friend and partner on Break the Cycle, where you can get this great The Tree of Liberty Must Be Watered shirt that I'm wearing today. For 10% off by using BTC at checkout, or you can join the Patreon, subscribe star, or become a member of the YouTube channel here to get into the private Discord server where you can get uh, all of his new designs and gear up to two weeks early at like a 30% discount. It's a really great deal. I promise you, this guy just pumps out the great stuff, man. If, if you don't know Top Lobster, go check it out. He's got hundreds and hundreds of pieces that you're just going to love. Um, and of course, executive producer of the show, AnthemPlanning.com for all your emergency and crisis planning needs. Check them out today, see what they can do for your business, home, or personal life. They're doing a wonderful job that the government has historically sucked at, much cheaper and much more efficiently. I will have a new ad for them uh, by tomorrow or Wednesday. Uh, I got a lot better information, and I could stop just doing my my spiel that I do. Um, guys, we've got a great show for you tonight. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited for this. Of course, I'm, I'm always really excited for my shows. I know you guys are probably like, he's always excited. Uh, but this one's really cool. Uh, she's been in the news a lot lately. She is uh, one of the... I have to say one of the most famous adult uh, film stars in the country. She is Miss Brandy Love. How are you doing today, ma'am? Hi, I'm doing great. I hope you are. Thanks oh. for having me. Yeah, of course, of course. So, so you know, I think the whole world just found out together that you're a, a conservative, right? I think that was kind of, you know, everybody in the movement's like, wait a minute, she's a she's a, a film actor, an adult film actress who's also a conservative and was a MAGA patriot person. And how did how did you get there? Can we just start off with your journey on how you ended up as a as a conservative? Um. Honestly, I always have been as far as far back as I can remember. It's uh, I'm a, I'm a first of all I'm a constitutional conservative. I'm not socially conservative. I'll be <laughs> for me. They're they've always been very different. You can be one without being the other. Hence why con- being a conservative was a very natural propensity for me. I mean, I remember when when Reagan won. I was I was not old enough to vote. Um, but it was a big deal in my family. I have a lot of, both my husband and I have a lot of military in our families and it was just, it's in our blood, red, white, and blue. I mean, as a kid, I stood for the Pledge of Allegiance. I know it by heart. We put our hands over our hearts. Those were all very, very powerful things. And the people in our families that fought for the freedoms that we get to have, well, I wouldn't say today, but say like a year and a half ago, um, that's what makes being an American so freaking awesome. So they're, they're just belief systems that I've, I've had my entire life. The fact that all over the news and um, the, the porn star that's a conservative, it's weird for me because I've always been the same person, always. Even from the beginning, the inception of my, my adult career, it's just become 
something to talk about recently, to be honest with you. It was never a big deal. Sure, sure. So so it's no secret that you work in the adult film industry. Um, and yeah, I know. Don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody. I know I, I put out I put out the first post uh uh, with your, your, you know, top lobster hand draws, all that stuff. And I put out your first post and said, everybody's favorite stepmom. And someone's like, Hey, don't say that. And I was like, I don't, I don't think she minds. I think it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it, you know, it's one of the funny things about being an actor, um, in mainstream, you can play a, a murderer, a rapist, a horrible parent. You can be all of these things. And in the adult industry, you act as someone's stepmom and it's like, Oh my God. <laughs> I've never quite understood that it's okay on one side and not on the other. But whatever. Sure, absolutely. No, I, I just, uh, you know, I, I didn't think it was going to be offensive to say that. But uh, me. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, so, so what, I mean, what was it that that got you into the uh, adult film industry? I mean, how did how did that start? Again, um, very. I feel very, very fortunate. I, I met my soulmate in college. We had so much in common. We were both kind of we you know, march the beat of our own drum. And it's one of the many, many things that I loved about him. And we gave each other complete and total freedom from the time we met and got married very young. I, I wasn't even 21. And I don't know what, how to describe it other than I've never met somebody who made me feel more okay with who I am, which, which was extremely liberating. And in doing so, aside from the incredible lust we had for one another, we were always just wide open. I mean, um, we never got caught, so it's okay to say we had sex in the park and in public and it just, we were always very, very wild. So when the opportunity, we, we had our own adventure within business where we both come from corporate America. He was the youngest B VP of a biotech firm and I worked for Harley Davidson and a couple of other um, corporations. It wasn't until we started our first company in the wine industry that we were, somebody approached us and, and asked us, quite frankly, hey, you guys interested in, you know, doing something in the adult industry? And we're like, what do you mean? We watch it all the time, but what do you mean a business? Like, I just thought there were porn fairies, like these amazing people that were super hot to watch and we enjoyed it in our marriage. And when we started to put together a performa and a business plan, we, we looked at each other and were like, okay, that's what we want to do. This is totally us. We're going to do this. And um, when it came time to start the first website, I'm the one who went, I'll do it. <laughs> and my husband was like, e you got to be kidding me. Like, you understand if we do this right, everyone's going to know. And I'm like, yeah, so like, this is totally what we would do anyway. We're just going to film it. Um, and he's like, simmer down now. Like, let's sleep on it for an evening. I woke up the next morning. I was like, let's go. Let's go. Let's do this. Still ready. I'm still ready. <laughs> it just, for me, it's just, it seemed fun. It's entrepreneurial. We were in charge of our own lives, our own business. And it wasn't doing anything that we didn't do already. We just filmed it. And I know it sounds really funny even saying it now. It was like, oh my God, you're so naive. Because to me, sex literally was like, what's the big deal? Like everyone does it. We've always, in, our, our sex life was only enhanced by watching it. Um, and then reality kind of kicks in when the family finds out or when you go on Howard Stern or uh, you start to see the other side of people who don't feel as sexually liberated as you. Sure. They, they come out in droves and start to attack you. So 
My skin's gotten pretty thick through the years, which thank God, because I needed it this past month. You've, uh, did you, do you say you've been on Howard Stern before? I was on twice. Oh my God. How was that? What was Howard like in, in, in person? Um, I, I, I get the feeling that he's a lot different today from when I met him. And sure. I only say that because of what I've read and seen, not because I've, I've been around him in the last 10 years. I met him back in 2004 when, do you remember E Entertainment? Oh yeah. He had him on? Yeah. I was like the last show to get to be a part of that, which was so freaking awesome. I can't even tell you what that did for my, my brand, but I was so nervous and obviously so scared. Who wouldn't be? And I went out there and had this conversation with him. And I remember we took a break and, and I went, I brought him a bottle of potato vodka because I'd read that he really likes that. So I went to give it to him and he almost cowered from me. Like, like, not like he's afraid of me, but didn't really want me to be that close to him. And he, he was very kind and said, thank you. And then he left. And I was like, huh. well, what just happened? <laughs> and they're like, Howard is as shy as you've, read right and i i read that but i guess i didn't believe it there's there's howard stern when the on-air button goes and he is such a personality it's unbelievable to watch his skills are just duh, 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 duh. and then as soon as the tv goes off and the mic goes off he he's incredibly shy so i didn't take it personally but it's he's i found him to be an exceptional human being when i met him um shyness and all yeah, it's so that it's so strange to me because I've heard the shy thing too, and uh, you know, yeah, I, oh, it's real, it's oh, yeah. real. Oh yeah, and I grew up watching Howard. You know what I mean? Even when I was younger, yeah. right? I'm I'm almost forty now, but I mean, you know, in my in my teens and stuff, I always watched Howard, and I loved Howard. But it, it's just so weird to see him the way he performs on his show, and and to listen to him, and then think about him being a shy person. You know, <laughs> I mean, that just goes to show you somebody's um, capacity for a skill set. Like you can be horribly shy but then when the lights come on and i i know people in my industry who um their their on-screen persona is is a little different than what they're like in person it it's not that uncommon um i don't have that (laughs) (laughs) i'm the same person all the time Sure. Sure. I like to think that I am too. I, you know, I probably, I probably talk a little louder than normal when I'm on my show just cause I want to project, but you know, I feel like I'm the same yeah. too. So, so let's talk about this, this turning point thing. This is, this is, you made tons of headlines for this. Um, and so you, you bought a VIP ticket to go to the turning point USA, uh, convention, right. And, uh, what happened when you showed up there? Uh, nothing initially. We, we had bought our, we bought two adult VIP tickets. We were going with a friend of ours. Um, it was an adult VIP ticket that came with cocktail hour parties. There was an open bar, um, in the section that we were sitting in during the speakers. So to me, it just was an awesome opportunity to get out of the house, to be around other like-minded individuals. So I thought the lineup of speakers was to die for. I mean, these are people that I've been listening to on the radio and TV for years. Um, And our friend is like, hey, look at this lineup. Let's go. Of course we're going to go. It looked like an awesome conference. I've I've never been to a political rally or conference uh, ever. So this was a really cool opportunity. We got there. We settled into the hotel, went and picked up our lanyards. Um, of course, mine said Brandy Love. It's the only way people know me. No different than Brad Pitt or Angelina Jolie putting their stage name on their public lanyard. And nothing 
at all happened. We, we carried on and went into the uh, conference hall or exhibit hall, had a great conversation with the NRA folks and a few other booths, went back to the hotel, freshened up for the first speaker who was going to be Charlie Kirk, followed by Kat Tim, followed by Dan Bongino, and um, made our way over there. Nothing happened. It was an, it was an, a, a great first speech by Charlie talking about how cancel culture is horrible and how <laughs> you know, as conservatives we have to stick together. And this is an awesome opportunity to get the word out to college campuses, which we know are indoctrination camps. And I mean, everything that I, I pretty much believe. And then Kat Timpton and Dan come on and then we went back to the hotel. Had a drink with our friend, went back to our room, and to get back to what we do for a living is I, I jump on Twitter, and I, lo I look at my phone, I'm like, well, what do you mean? Breaking news, Brandy Love gets kicked out of TPUSA. I show my husband, he looks at me, he laughs, he's like, no, we were there for three hours. And <clears throat> I go and log into my email, and sure enough, the first email that pops up is, basically them revoking my lanyard and telling me that I'm not welcome back, but, you know, try again next year is basically the, the email, which I posted online so people could see the truth of exactly what was sent to me. And that began the, um, just that began the insanity, to be honest with you. Sure. Do you, I mean, uh, who started, I mean, who started it? Do you know who it was who made the call that was like, you gotta go? Unfortunately, you know how that goes. I, Everybody's pointing a finger at somebody else. All I can tell you is that they had my phone number because I was getting updates. This speaker's now going on. Duh, 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 duh. But they had my phone number. Sure. I bought my ticket two months prior to the to the thing. So you, you have to ask yourself, why would you kick her out now? Why, why wouldn't you? Are you not screening who's coming? You, you guys had two months. And then the, the fact that they did it in such a... I don't know if I'm allowed to say the word, but P-U-S-S-Y. You way. absolutely can. Yeah. My, my, okay. my channel is not for children. Total <laughs> pussies, in my opinion. Like, had they come up to me face to face and said, Brandy, we hate to do this, but there's a ruckus. Like, this is not this is not voting well for what we're, we're trying to do here. I'm a reasonable person. I was there in support of them, not to take away from them. So I, I would have I would have made the right call and said, if it's really causing that much of an issue, I'll back off. I just went there as a civilian that believes a lot of the same things that these people believe. And the audacity of just chucking an email at me with no explanation. They claimed that they called me. It's a lie. Trust me. I'm happy to show you my phone records. It ain't there. And they never came up to me in person. It was just, and then the barrage of fake narratives about, I planned it. It was a PR stunt. Candace Owens attacks me. Charlie Kirk attacks me. And I'm just thinking, you guys aren't doing much for the party. If if people don't fit your idea of Christian or your idea of conservative, you don't want them. I mean, that's that's awfully limiting. And I think it's a, a, one of the biggest problems that the GOP has right now is people like Charlie and Candace, those far right factions that are screaming about holier than thou. And, oh, I don't care that you believe as we do. You're not like us. I mean, that's 
I mean, it's a problem in every party, I suppose, but that was a real huge eye-opener for me. Oh, sure. I'm in the Libertarian Party. Let me tell you, it's a problem in every party, I promise. It's it's the gatekeepers, right? It's the people that are, yeah. you know, say, you, if you don't fit right inside of my narrow view, then you can't be a part of it. And, you know, it's with the Libertarians, I mean, your profession, obviously, the Libertarians wouldn't give shit. Uh, mainly because, you know, we, we don't really care what you do as long as you're not hurting other people. But, um, right. you know, there's probably some people even in the Libertarian Party who would have been like, well, I don't there know. Be. You know there would be. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, we got a few super chats. I just want to say thanks to uh, Anthony A. $5 super chat. He said, first time tuning in live, ask Brandy if she would read Anatomy of the State. Have you ever read Anatomy? Have you ever read any Rothbard before, Murray Rothbard? You, I have not. You read any political philosophy? I do, as a matter of fact, and I'm in the, in the process of reading some, but, um, you know, this is one of those things where I am not a student True. of of that world. Like, I don't read it or speak it or do it all day, every day. So for me, I'm very involved and I care as an American what's going on, but, oh my God, if I had another 24 hours in one day, I still couldn't read as many things as I want to read. Sure, sure, absolutely. Well, if you if you ever want to, Murray is a good a good route to go. I promise. Tell me the name again. Murray Rothbard, Anatomy of the State. It's like a pamphlet, really. It's a very small book. Uh, but I, th- I want to say it's. Let me see. I think I got it up here. It's small. It's really small. It's uh, it's basically a pamphlet. It it, it breaks down uh, uh, anarcho capitalist philosophy very very well. Um, uh, Forest mommy threw a twenty dollars super chat. Thank you. She says uh, thank you, Brandy, for being liberated and confident and putting the, the that forward in the world. Mm, thank you, thank you, sweetheart. For, Forest mommy's awesome. She's she's really cool. This may be the first time she's checking out a show too. Um, oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, okay. So 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 turning point throws you out. Candace Owens and uh, Charlie Kirk go on rants about you um yeah i mean did you did you fire back at all oh yeah <laughs> did i miss that did i miss the fire back would you would you no, do back? I, I, de- I definitely did i definitely did um I, I think the thing that probably got their goat the most was that i told them that they're nothing more than the taliban with the cross and i stand by those words because the reality is what they're preaching and how they're treating people is they're they're being the morality police and nowhere in the Constitution of the United States that exists, they can think it does, is that part of it. Uh, the freedoms and the liberties that our Constitution provides us are what I'm asking for. I don't give a rip what Candace or Charlie or any of those far, far right or far, far left factions believe. And if nothing else came out of this bizarre experience, and from the people that reached out to me, what I believe more than ever and I've said this a million times and I'll never stop saying it, is that we are the most beautiful and diverse country ever. And you're not going to be able to govern it from the from the extreme fringes, from the far right or the far left, because I, I firmly believe that 80% of us call us whatever, because within that 80%, you've got Democrats, Libertarians, and Republicans, you do, that feel more on the same page than these little 10 percenters. And as soon as we can get our crap together and start governing this country from the majority, I think we're going to be a far better off. It's, the problem is that these little 10 percenters are the loudest and the most obnoxious. Sure. Have you, have you ever heard the term national divorce before? Oh. <laughs> that's, that's what we want. We want to just, we just want to 
just divorce. We can't live with some of these people anymore. We don't think, especially I think after the COVID nightmare, you know, it's been, it's been such a nightmare that it's like, there's people in this country. We just simply cannot live with anymore. I don't think, what do you, what do you think? Um, yeah, yeah. But what do we do about it again? Because we are such a diverse country, there's always going to be, there are always going to be individual groups that, that believe a little bit differently and they find each other and that's great. They have each other to, to communicate with. But the issue is, especially right now, and I don't know if we agree or not, but more so than ever in history, there's this there's this push for tribalism. And it's extremely dangerous, in my opinion. You no longer have neighbors talking to neighbors. You don't have friends talking to friends. Family members are are now splintered because of political talks or religious talks, like all things that we used to sit around the Thanksgiving table and discuss. And I'm, I'm not, I have my own opinions as to the why, but I, I think it's horribly sad that, and I stick with this, we the people, it's about us. All of this is about us. The government works for us, not the other way around. And all I'm seeing recently is this unbelievable division amongst people that normally like each other. Yeah. I, I call it the, uh, it's, you know, politics today is basically, uh, just turned into this chess beating tribalistic team sport era. And ultimately who wins? Cause it's not me and you. Yeah. Well, none of us. I mean, none of us really. Uh, I think the people that win are like Boeing and Raytheon and like some of the big military industrial complex uh, uh, contractors. Those are the real winners in all this, I think. And and uh, big pharma and, you know, a lot of these big, big companies that lobby the government to, you know, smash us and our businesses and our families and. Um, and that's, uh, that's why I could, that's why I can't participate with, with the two old parties as we like to call them. Um, and that's one of the reasons that I got drove driven to the libertarian party. I worked on Ron Paul's campaign in 2008 and, um, I watched the way they treated somebody who wanted Liberty, you know, and they, if you remember the Ron Paul campaigns, uh, I do. yeah, I mean, they were arresting, uh, Ron Paul delegates in Louisiana. They wouldn't let them into the building. They were blocking them out of the car, the car parks. I mean, once I saw that, I was like, there's just no way I could be a part well, of the and that, party. And that is the problem is the two party system has clearly become two corrupt parties. They're, they're totally disintegrated again, just in my opinion, not being of the political background. Um, I, I am, but I'm not, I, I just don't. It, it, it's got to stop. The, the, it's very clear. It, to me, it's very clear that the two-party system has failed and that the corruption has gone so, so, so deep that I don't know that there's any coming back from it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That's why, that's why you know, if I'm going to participate, it's going to be in a, a party that at least exudes my values, you know? Um, Thrawn Burgundy, thanks for the $5 super chat. She, he says, at what point and to what extent are we justified in combating a tyrannical government? That's a good question. What do you think? It's in the Constitution. It is. That's why we have the right to bear arms. Yeah, I had uh, I had Stephen Daniels on the other day, who's a super-based constitutional guy, and he wrote a really good book on the Second Amendment, and we kind of delved into that a little bit. But it's, you know, it, it, is, it has come to this point where they're, they're crushing our businesses. You know, they're, mm. they're crushing... Uh, all of our liberties. I mean, it's it's like, what liberties do you have left when they lock you in the house and take away your livelihood? You know, and well, that that's very true. And and for Americans, we have to feel very fortunate. Look what's happening in Australia. Oh God! Look what happens when they take away all your firearms. What are you left with? Well, they don't have a con. They don't have the Constitution. We do. And and now more than ever, 
when I read it, I think, my God, these guys were pretty damn smart, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it's funny because when we were talking about the Constitution, uh, I think this was last Wednesday. Um, you know, there was there was the Federalists and the Anti-Federalists when they were penning the Constitution. They were separated on tons of issues, and they were still able to you know make this document. And I don't know how much I believe in the Constitution at this point. I think you know I, I take a very Lysander Spooner approach. He's he he had a great quote that was like, uh, whether the Constitution be one thing or another, uh, it's certainly either uh, been it's certainly either uh, authorized the government we have or been powerless to stop it. Um, and, you know, I, I, it's, it's hard because I, I would love to see a country that can get back to the Bill of Rights. You know, I, mm-hmm. if, if we could get back to the Bill of Rights, I'd be very, very happy, you know. Um, but at the same time, it's like every day we get further and further away, you know, whether it be through war or tyrannical lockdowns or, or regulations on businesses or it's just all this stuff just keeps expanding, expanding, expanding. And um, it's really it's a mess. bizarre to me that we've allowed it to go this far. Yeah, I, I think I think that at this point, uh, you know, I, I can't say like violently. Uh, pushing back on the government, but definitely we have to uh, all stand together at, at some kind of unified front and tell uh, government officials we're not going to take it anymore. Did you see this guy running for governor in Pennsylvania? No, what today? do you do? <laughs> He's, uh, he, went, he gave a speech uh, today. I can't remember the gentleman's, gentleman's name, but he said, uh, I'm going to bring 20 guys with me to the school board. We're going to walk in, and if they won't quit, we're going to remove them. <laughs> I was like... Oh, people are getting pissed. People are getting really, really mad. You know, it's um, it's unique to different generations. I mean, uh, again, because I, I've had the number of decades on this planet that I have as born and raised an American. And why, this is my husband and I were just talking about how this is the first um, dark time in our lifetime here in the United States of America. We had the Great Depression. We've had obviously some Vietnam War. We've had we've had a lot of dark things happen, but we weren't around for them. And now we're like, in a million years, would you ever thought, would you have ever thought that through propaganda, the media, uh, a, a bizarre virus, would you have ever imagined that neighbors turn their backs on each other, that family members turn their backs on each other, that race relations would be at an all time. I mean, it's, it's horrifying. And when you look at how it was done, I mean, maybe this is me speaking just my opinion, but it seems pretty obvious to me while we're all fighting and bitching and screaming and not talking to each other, the government's been doing whatever they want. And it sure as hell isn't what's good for the people. No, absolutely not. They're uh, they slowly slipped the pinky in while we weren't looking for sure. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. It's that's what they that's what they're doing. We're not paying attention. They're throwing their pink, pinkies all the way in. Uh, Top lobster threw a five dollars super chat. He said, "Conservatism is progressivism driving the speed limit." Sorta. Of. That's uh. Do you ever listen to Michael Malice? I don't. Look at all these names you're giving me. You, My God, you're gonna like Michael Malice. You should be listening to Michael Malice's show. It's it, you don't have to read him. He does have some. He does have some books out too. Uh, but he he has a show. Uh, like mine, but you know, probably funnier and and more smart. But uh, he's uh, he's really really great. He's a really good thing, really good to listen to. Him and Dave Smith, man. If you're not listening to him, and Tom Woods, those are the three. Do you know Tom? Tom Woods. Yeah, you know the Tom Woods show, right? Never heard of it. He lives in Florida. So uh, let's see. Eric Dillard threw a ten dollars super chat. Thanks, oh, man. man. He said, "Brandy, come to the Libertarian Party and run for president. I'll be your campaign manager and have experience working both John McAfee's campaigns." <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you're going to run for president, Brady? No. <laughs> let me tell you something. My this last uh, I don't know it's been about six weeks now since I've I I I really had to dive into the political pool. I've always been interested. I've never been a part of this. Is um, uh, Shannon Burke came up with the funny one. I was on his show a little bit ago, and I may be on again. He's fantastic, but he called me the accidental activist, and that's very real. I've always just been me. I had no idea that I was going to be thrown into this this other position. I'm very very passionate about this country. I'm, I am 100% a patriot. I love our military. I believe in law enforcement and I 100% believe in the constitution of the United States for the very reason that all of us, when we're following it, have the freedoms and liber liberties that it's provided for. And it's been amazing. The problem of course is, is, um, it's corruption. And the more people I meet in politics, the more I'm thankful I'm in porn. And what I mean by that is there are a tremendous amount of douchebags in politics and you can have the best heart and go America and love thy neighbor and do unto others and all of these wonderful things that our country's always been about. And you'll run into somebody who's corrupt and is seeking power and will do anything to take it. They'll nod their head and shake your hand and say nicey nice to you and tell you they're going to do something and turn around and don't do it. I've done interviews for the past two years. I've had some interesting opportunities to have conversations going back to digital ID. I'm in the adult industry and yes, I'm for digital ID. I had a whole debate on why um, it would benefit the adult industry because it would protect children and it protects online bullying, people from online bullying and all sorts of cool stuff. sick to death of pussyfooting around the truth while being constantly fed lies by news and big tech tyrants? If so, then come join me, Dan Smots, on The System Is Down, where we get weird, have fun, and dig into all the dangerous taboo topics like conspiracies, politics, religion, culture, current events, and everything your family just prays you don't bring up around the Thanksgiving dinner table. And I know that reality is scary to some people, so if you're easily offended, just ignore this and go back to making cat memes or whatever. But if you're ready to change the world for the better, come join me on The System Is Down at tsidpod.com or wherever you get podcasts. That's tsidpod.com because the system is down and truth is taking over. I did that debate with the promise that we'd be able to take it to the next level and get in front of Congress people and senators and be able to discuss bills. Guess what happened after the interview? What? Nothing. <laughs> Shocking. That's my point. And that was my first step into it. And I went, I'm so dumb sometimes. Like I, I, I can admit it. I do believe people. Like I, I believe people until proven otherwise. I believe you. And sometimes that leads you down a path of heartache because people will disappoint you. I'll never stop believing in people. However, the older I get, the more I'm like, why doesn't anybody do what they say? Sure, sure. Yeah. So yeah, no, I the, I have way more fun and have a better lifestyle in the adult industry than I ever could in, in politics. Let's just say that. Sure, totally understandable. So so I've had people that are uh, comedians. I've had uh, actors. I had uh, uh, Mark Pellegrino who was in Lost and and. Uh, 
the Big Lebowski and what else? Well, he was on uh, Supernatural uh, on the show. And an uh, interesting question for people who are you know either conservative or or with Mark, he was like a, an, an objectivist, very libertarian-ish, um, and then some libertarian and conservative uh, comedians. I always want to know how is uh, having those views in those industries. But is I mean, is it is it something that ever comes up in the porn industry? I wish it didn't. I'll be so honest with you. I, I wish that was an industry where it it didn't matter. And up until about uh, five years ago, it didn't. Nobody talked about your political bend or who you voted for. Nobody cared. We we met, we shook hands, and we, we got to have a whole lot of fun and pleasure, and we walked away. Um, it, it literally became a thing just within the last handful of years. And unfortunately, very sad. Uh, it affected me deeply when my own industry tried to cancel me because of my belief system. It, it, that one, just like TPUSA, made me go, what? I've been in the industry 16 years. I love you guys. I mean, you're, 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 you're the industry that I, I care about. And it wasn't all of them, of course, just a very violent and vocal group of people who thought it would be cool to try and get me um, incapacitated in the ability to work. They wanted to take away my financial freedom. Um, and that I, I would have told you would have never happened in the adult industry because we're a small, a small, pretty close-knit group of people. We take care of each other. And recent events would say that that's not true. Um, and I, I don't, I honestly don't know why or when it happened, but I, I really wish we could stuff that, you know, genie back into the bottle because it was not, it was really unfortunate. And I think that it's still unfortunately too political. People block each other. People put each other on no list because of their political beliefs, which what that has to do with what we do in the bedroom or on the desk or in the hallway, I still don't understand because I don't care. I don't care who you voted for, you know, but it's, it's become a thing. I think you forgot the uh, the washing machine as well, right? Is that That's one? a really good one. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, <a> good one. <laughs> let's see. Uh, Fubadu, thanks for the five dollars super chase. Said, does Brandy think Trump will run in twenty twenty four, and why? I don't think he will personally. What do you are you you were a Trump supporter, correct? A hundred percent, and I still am. Oh. Um, I, I don't care about his orange skin or his uh, arrogant ways. I really don't. I mean, most people that find their way to the present presidency are quite arrogant. I mean, it takes a little Full bit of that. Full-blown narcissists, most of them. Well, <laughs> how do you, you're running the country. I can't think of a president, um, maybe Reagan, I don't know, that wasn't a full-blown narcissist. But those things aside, which I can relate, I get it. Like, I'm not going to argue with people that he's a narcissist or that he says some crazy things. However, what I do know is I lived through four years of his presidency and my life was never better and the lives of my family members and friends was never better. So that's a little more important to me than the way he gives a speech or sure. the way he tweets. I just don't really care because what we're seeing on the flip side is, uh, you like how this guy talks? <laughs> I mean, come on, it, it, like let's apples to apples, man. At least one of them did some good stuff for our country. This other one, I don't even want to, I can't, it's a little too, the sore is way too close to the surface with what's going on right now. True. But um, yeah, I, I, I voted for him. I would 100% vote again. If he doesn't run, I'll really have to question 
what the hell is he doing out there spending all this time and money and resources doing these rallies? Yeah, like he's still campaigning almost. People, oh, oh, yeah. oh he is. Yeah. So in, in my heart of hearts, I'm like, oh, he's running. He's putting way too much effort into this. He's campaigning harder than the guy who's leading this country. Sure. We hear more from Trump than we do from Biden. I, I don't even understand how that's possible. Well, well, one doesn't sleep and one sleeps all the time. So I guess there's that. But I, I have to say he he is. And it, if not, he sure as hell is going to be a proponent for whoever goes on the ticket. Sure. I, yeah, I, uh, I, I posted that video of, uh, uh, sleepy Joe, uh, oh talking to the new Israeli prime minister this morning and said, uh, one hour into work, this is me. This is where I'm at this morning. I work, I work 12. So I, I get to work at like five o'clock in the morning and then five till five, 5 PM. And then I come home and do the show five days a week. So I'm always tired, but so I get it. I mean, you're the leader. Well, you're always tired because you're actually working. Yeah. He's the leader of the free world. He's gotta be a little tired. He's also like, he's also like, you know, 90 and obviously has like at least early onset dementia. I mean, um, we knew that yeah. a year ago, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, how could you, how could you not? I mean, and then I had talked about this on the show. I worked in, in skilled nursing for 10 years. Uh, oh. and, and, uh, every night, you know, the dementia patients or people in the memory care units, uh, right as the sun's going down, they, they have this thing that's called sundowning. And yeah, I've heard about this. Yeah, they want to get up and ro- walk around. And so to, to kind of keep their minds off doing that, they bring them ice cream every night right at sundown and, and have them sit down in their rooms and start eating ice cream because it may, reminds them to eat the ice cream and then they'll watch the TV and then they'll get tired and go to sleep. So these images for you hit really close to I'm home. watching them feed this guy ice cream at sunset every night and I'm going, what the, wait a minute. These people are literally, he's sundowning, he's got dementia, they're feeding him ice cream to keep his mind off the fact that he's got dementia and he wants to walk around all night and then he makes the comments, you know, I just want to go home to Delaware. It's like, that's oh what God. people who have dementia say, you know, they want to go home. Oh, they yeah, always yeah, want to go yeah. home. If they're in a memory care unit or something like that, they just always want to go home. They, I want to go home. I want to go home. Even if they don't have a home, they want to go home, you know? And it's, uh, it's really, really bad um, that we're watching this. It's, it's, it's elder abuse at this point, in my opinion. I, I agree with you. How, how do you and your party deal with the fact that this person is currently running our country? Like, what do you, what do you guys well, talk about? We haven't done much, you know? I don't know if you're familiar with the Libertarian Party, but we were uh, uh, conceived in 1971 um so yeah and and actually this weekend this past weekend is the 50 year anniversary they just did it in colorado which is really cool but we haven't we don't have a i mean we have no federal election star name whatsoever in 50 years uh we just finally started getting state legislators elected for the first time since the 70s um which is cool you know it's it's a it it means the country's kind of going okay well maybe there's some other options and we also started a thing called the frontier project where we took we used to play this asymmetrical warfare game and try to run candidates all over the country um and 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 it you know for for a party that only has about 1.7 million dollars a year nationally uh we really don't have the resources and so they they started this frontier project and focused uh their efforts in wyoming they targeted some races and won some state house races and now they've already got some bills passed there the uh, republicans and democrats there know they have to work with the, the libertarians to get things passed which is the good thing about third parties we're never going to take over the whole government um, or we may, but not, it won't, not in my lifetime. Uh, but if we could get people into positions where the Republicans and the Democrats go, okay, we have to play ball with the libertarians, then it starts working, you know, but, uh, we haven't, we haven't done much and there's not much we can do. And, uh, we, a lot of us sit around and fight and argue about philosophy, to be honest with you. <laughs> well, you know, they're two important things. However, 
Um, you know, I have, I have an interesting question for you because the Libertarian Party is fairly new to me, not in that it, it's existence. I'm very aware of them, but I, I didn't ever spend as much time as I did in the last 48 hours looking at your actual belief system or let's say a general belief system of the Libertarians versus conservative versus Democrat, if you will. Um, what... What would you say was your, when I say your guys's, I sound like I'm like Italian from the Bronx or something, your guys's issue with Trump. Uh, if, you took, if you took away the way he speaks and, and the color of his skin, literally, I'm not joking. What, what were the, the political, the policy, the philosophical issues that the Libertarian Party had with him? I think there's, so there's, there's a lot. Um, and some people are more uh, heavily geared towards some policies and some others. I think the immigration thing was a, a big deal for a lot of people. The hard stop on immigration. Uh, libertarians uh, are kind of split on the issue of immigration. So half of the libertarians were like, okay, well, that's not Ellis Island style uh, uh, immigration, which is what they think we should have. And then the other half was like, oh, well, you know, we want full open borders. And so it's, you know, that was a big deal for them. I think me personally... Um, I, I appreciated that Trump triggered the left. It really made me very happy. <laughs> I know that that's super petty of me, but when he won in 2016, I lived in Portland, Oregon, basically like right across the oh, river wow. from Portland, Oregon. Okay. And I, I always tell on the show, it's like, it, it happened late at night for us, like the 10 or 11. And it's like, you could open the window and hear the collective screeching of Antifa all through Portland city. Yeah. Um, yeah. and so that was kind of cool, but you know, I thought, I thought, uh, you know, well, okay, now we have this, this, you know, president who shows these anti-war sentiments. The, the libertarian party is very anti-war and I'm very anti-war um as a as a veteran who who you know uh fought in in operation iraqi freedom uh when i you know when i came home i was very jaded that's why i found ron paul ron paul was very anti-war he was speaking to my beliefs and so i thought you know well at least if nothing else maybe he'll pull us out of afghanistan maybe he'll pull us out of iraq maybe he'll end up you know the Syria stuff the yemen stuff the all these terrible things that are happening in the middle east and have been happening at our hands for decades mm-hmm. um and he didn't you know what I mean? He 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 didn't he didn't start any new war- wars. That was one feather in his cap for me. Uh, every yeah, president, I would think so. yeah, every president in my lifetime has started another war uh, or yeah. or more than one war usually. Um, but I really want. I was really I was really like holding on to the fact like okay he's going to end these wars. You know this is going to be good and he didn't. Um, probably my biggest issue with Trump came when he left office. He had the opportunity to um, give the middle finger to the establishment and the media uh, by by uh, um, uh, pardoning uh, at least at least Julian Assange, who uh, is a truthful journalist who put out truthful things. Um, and you know, for a man who spent four years calling the media the enemy of the people, he really yeah. had the opportunity to show like that he meant that. And he and I, I feel like he kind of took a coward's exit there. Um, Policy, you know, he didn't roll back the drug war like he, you know, some people probably thought he would. You know, they deschedule marijuana federally. That didn't happen. Of course, libertarians believe that. Uh, that oh, I think I lost my camera. Um, so, you know, any freedom stuff. I think there was some good stuff that Trump did. You know, the the uh, if you're going to make a regulation, you got to roll back three more. That was a really cool thing that he did. Um, and and uh, you know, the the not starting any new wars. But it's it's a it's a collective thing. I'm I'm still here. I'll I'll fix my camera when I bring you back. Up, but what were some of your favorite things about Donald Trump? Uh, well, like I like I had mentioned prior, um, God, it's it's hard for me because it's funny. Some of the things that people didn't like about him, I personally love, 
And I'd say that because the media gave him so much shit and his children shit and his wife shit. And I'm thinking any, any man, any man would have probably hauled off and punched these people in the face for their unbelievable aggressive nature towards, in my opinion, innocence. But I know once you're in politics, everybody's, everybody's um, fair game. So I thought he, he actually managed great restraint in that he, simply gave a few people some funny names. And for me, it was great because I'm thinking, wow, he handled that better than me. I, I don't have the personality for politics because I'd haul off and say things that would be even more offensive than what he did. So maybe that's why I personally didn't mind his speech patterns because I'm like, oh, at least the guy's being honest. Sure. He says what he means and he means what he says. Um, but most importantly were were the policies that he set in motions. He had more Americans back to work. Our, the labor numbers were out of control. The the whole race issue, which they, they blame on Trump for being the divide. He had everybody back to work. Women, regardless of color, ethnicity, gender, every, every household that I knew, and so many that prior to Trump weren't working, were now all of a sudden working. We brought jobs back to the United States. Everything seemed to be under control. There wasn't fear. Um, I, the, the list, I, if I had time, I have a list of things that I've, I've rattled off and tried to memorize, but I don't have that good of a memory, of things that he actually did. I mean, the number of things he did in the first, what was it, six months of office was more than Obama did in eight years. I mean, that's not me saying neener neener it's that's a fact if you look it up you're going to see that i'm not making things up and i just um i i don't know i our country was actually never better the division that was created was in my opinion it was the media if they had if he had had anybody on his side that wasn't pushing division and um this Trump deranged syndrome, if people would have actually looked at the facts and what was being done for this country as a whole, I don't think that that would have been a real thing. I mean, when Obama, I remember when Obama got elected, I personally didn't vote for him, but he won. I mean, that's how I felt about it. I'm like, okay, there's our president. I, I, I didn't go out and call him names. I wasn't, he's not my president. I didn't do any of that. Neither did any of my friends who didn't vote for him. It was just what you did. Okay. The American people spoke. That's our president. I wish him nothing but well. <laughs> I live here. He's my president. Let's do something good for this country. So it was pretty bizarre when just like that, it turned on Trump and everybody freaked out and women and, and, and not just women, I guess some men were probably crying, but these lots people of men. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. So you got all these people that Trump wins and now we're crying and people are screaming. He's not my president. How does that happen? It's a concerted effort and it's not just people deciding to do that. In my opinion, it was, it was very much a push to create the division. Sure. And that's, un that's really unfortunate. And, I still feel like it's unfortunate. Well, and I think, you know, in my opinion, that's, and somebody said this uh, in the chat too. Uh, let's see. Where was it at? Where's that? Which one of you guys said it? Oh, yeah. Uh, Fubu <laughs> threw a $5 super chat. Uh, he said the best thing Trump did was wake up large amounts of people to the evil of the corporate press. And I agree. That's, that for me was my favorite thing about Trump is he basically red pilled uh, probably millions of people on uh, in the the uh, corporate news media being the enemy of the people, and uh, and I think a lot of people did see that, regardless of what your your 
designation is on your voter registration card, I think a lot of us started going, holy shit, this is some insane, their power push and their ability to be on our, it's like some 1984 stuff going on. It's always on our screen. They're always telling us this. The headlines are always this. And unfortunately for some people, they're not, they're not quite, uh, I'm sure I'll get in trouble for this word, but it's like, they're not strong enough to find the truth for themselves. They just, it's easier to just believe what they read. It's just easier to believe what they see instead of taking in all the information and going critical thought here. Let what, what, what actually makes sense and what could really be going on now that's kind of been removed True. and and we're left with seeing that, okay, well, whatever the media says is gospel. And, and that quite frankly, you're right. Trump told everyone, yeah, that's, that's not the way to go. Cause these people are, they're as corrupt as the government. Yeah. Well, and, and so, so I guess my, my big question for anybody who's watching and me, and you too is, is, uh, if, if the president in the white house spent four years showing how corrupt the corporate news media was and, uh, how corrupt the establishment was and what lengths they would go to, to, um, push their agenda, uh, in both those areas, after he left office, what kind of things would you do uh, to get people back in line? Would you lock them all in their homes and take their business and uh, tell them that the sky was falling and that you needed them to save you? Seems like it'd be a pretty good plan. It's a pretty good plan. And it, it's funny. It's not funny at all, but um, I, I literally, I bring it up again because I watched it two nights ago. I watched 1984, George Orwell's 1984. And it was, it was a disturbing book to read back in high school. It's even more disturbing to watch the movie today. Sure. So, I mean, regardless of your, ah, I, I hate to say it, but it, regardless of your political bend, as Americans, we should watch this movie, read the book. You, it, it's more important than ever to see what media can create in your world that's not real. Sure. It's, it's not real. Well, the, and the it, sad yeah. part, though, is that there are a large number of people in this country now who are actually uh, cheering on that movie, essentially. You know, they want that. That's what they want. They want their media that's to... Not, that's not America. No. That is not how this country was founded, and I think you have far too many Americans who are going to stand up and call bullshit, and it's going to be like a Braveheart moment. Um, it, it's just not... This country, no, I, I don't see it happening. If you want socialism, go to Canada. There's a lot of countries out there that are will provide you with that mentality if that's what you want. And that is not a slight to Canada. It's just different. They've always been this way. The United States of America has always been this way. And I don't think, I, I maybe I just know far too many people in the military, but we're not going to give this country up. We're not going to hand it over to a, to socialism. I, sure. just, I don't, I don't I'll, tr- I'll trade one for one. Uh, every libertarian in Cuba for a socialist here. You know what I mean? <laughs> one for one, one for one all the way across. I, 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 I think I could get behind that. I can, we, we can agree on that one. <laughs> well, I was talking, I was talking to somebody the other day and they were talking about immigration. They're like, you think these people are coming over here and, and voting Republican? No, they're coming over here and voting, uh, you know, for more social and more socialism. I said, that may be true for some countries, but not Cubans. And that's why Florida is so cool to live in right now because you know the people who immigrated to florida came from places like cuba 
that were just uh, absolutely done with socialistic bullshit. And uh, and so that's why Florida is the way it is now. And uh, so I would take one one yeah. Cuban libertarian for every, uh, you know, like uh, college age socialist kid that wanted to go over there. Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. we'll and just I, trade them straight across. The, sense that the people from Cuba and countries like that came here. Why? Because we're not like them. Right. And that's why I'm with you. And you, you look at somebody who hasn't lived enough of a life to understand what they're they're wishing for. And it's like. I have friends down here that are legal immigrants who came from countries that were stealing all of their freedoms. And, and they're devastated to see that people so fortunate enough to be born in the United States of America are wishing for the very thing that they fled. And as a friend of theirs, it's devastating to see the look in their eyes because you and I are fortunate enough to not know that life. We were born American. Well, wow, I'm from California, so I, I mean, I kind of. Did. Oh, that's okay. Yes. <laughs> born and raised in the the People's Republic of California, unfortunately. Oh so God. yeah, but you got out. So yeah. It's okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's let's address some more of these super chats. We're getting close to the end of the public stream, anyways. Uh, Mitchell Ravel, five dollar super chat. Thank you. He said, "I know you already brought up Anatomy of the State, but I feel like she's exactly who that book is intended for." I agree, and it's a fifty-five page book. We we got it in the chat. Somebody told us about that, so it's a good one if you get a chance. I'll, I'd love to send you a copy if you. It, I can I can Amazon it right over to you. Um, I'll read it. I'll read it. And then I'll, I'll be. Sure, I promise you. I'll tell you what I think. We'll, about maybe it. <laughs> maybe we'll bring you back on in the future. And we'll just have a critique of Anatomy of the have State. A book chat. Yeah, that'll be fun. Uh, State of Dissidents, five dollars super chat, brother. Thank you. He's got a cool podcast. Go check him out. The diversity of guests and opinions under your umbrella, who to one degree or another shows you're on the right path, and we're with you. Thanks, brother. I appreciate you. Uh, Top Lops, the two dollar super chat. He said this interview exceeded my expectations. It, you know. Mine as well, Brandy. I'm not going to lie. Oh, you. you know, you 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 know, you you work in the film industry, the adult film industry, and uh, you don't expect to have like these really great political discussions with people in the and and so you you're breaking you're breaking the mold here. You know, it's a good thing. Uh, let's it, see. It's been a funny thing being who I am. Is um, it, it's become something that I smile about. It's fun to be underestimated. Sure, sure, absolutely. I agree with you. I, <laughs> everyone just thinks I'm a big dumb animal, and and technically I am. Uh, but I bring no, on smart. Pe- I bring on smart people uh, to speak for me, and that's you know everyone thinks I'm smart. But that, that way. in of itself makes you very smart. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, let's see, Mitchell Reveal, uh, two dollars super chat. He said the bump stock bad was ba- uh, bump stock ban was bad. I agree. I the uh, I, I feel like Trump did not protect our Second Amendment more than uh, other presidents in my lifetime, and that was another issue I had with him. Uh, Rich Clark, two dollars super chat, free Ross. Yes, uh, Ross Olbricht is a political prisoner if you're not familiar um yeah he all he did was start a damn internet com- uh commerce site uh fubadoo another five dollar super chat oh that was the one the, the best thing trump did was wake up large amounts of people cool okay so we're at the end of the uh of these chats um so we will do a members only stream if that's okay with you be 10 to of course. we do anywhere but sure. 10 to 30 minutes it just depends on how long you're gonna go we'll probably talk more about the uh the adult film industry in there too do if I you have guys to keep my clothes on for that part? oh geez yeah <laughs> i think the fiance might get mad at me sweetie if you're watching i love you uh, uh just I, I can just you know i could turn off my my screen and you can do whatever you want for the members but uh uh so so um where what do you got coming up next where can people find you how can they support you watch you all that great stuff well, first of all, thank you so much for sharing your audience with me. Of course. And it was such a great chat with you. Um, it's just proof that people with different opinions can absolutely 100% get along and have wonderful conversation. 
Um, I spend most of my time, uh, I would say 90% of my time is on onlybrandy.com. Um, OnlyFans switched their opinion on kicking us off of their platform, thank God. So I am still there and meetbrandy.com. Onlybrandy.com and meetbrandy.com are the two websites that I spend literally most of my life on because it's so much more than mostly sex, but conversations, shooting customs, sexting, chatting. We actually do talk about the things you're not supposed to talk about. Um, I have a, a very, very cool rapport with my fans. So, and, and if not there, you guys can always find me on Twitter to find my schedule, what I'm doing, where I'm doing it. All of my live shows are on camsoda.com. So between those three or four, I can't count between those four, that's where I'm at. Sure, sure, absolutely. We'll, we'll go into the members only. We'll talk about you know all the people you like to work with and don't like to work with and all that good stuff. <laughs> all the fun, all the fun things to talk about. But uh, Brandy, I really, really appreciate you coming on. If you could just hold on for like two minutes while I close out the stream uh, and we can get the absolutely. members only stream. Thank, thank you again. I really appreciate it. Thank you. All right, guys, another awesome episode of Break the Cycle. Brandy's cool shit. Uh, you know, if you're into that kind of thing, go go follow her, go check her out. Uh, if you want to come into the members-only stream and hear her talk uh, about, you know, other things besides politics, we won't just strictly stay to politics in there. Uh, you can become a member of this channel under any of the videos. There's a join link. It's six bucks a month. You get all the custom emojis that you see in the chat. Uh, plus, you get the really cool custom badges, and they change color every month that you're a, a member. So it, you can, you know, show people how long you've been supporting Break the Cycle. Uh, and of course you get into the members only streams. I think there's like 40 or 50 of 40 of them now. I don't know. This is episode 90 to 91. Yeah. Episode 91. So, uh, there's a lot of members only content. Um, if you don't want to join the YouTube, you hate Google, you can join the Patreon or the subscribe star. Both of those are backslash break the cycle. JS, uh, you get that content uploaded the next day or, uh, sometimes after the weekend, if it's a Friday show, I, I get a little, a little sidetracked. I got seven kids sue me, uh, but I do get all that content up for everybody eventually. Um, and there you get some other swag. Uh, if you become a member of the channel here, make sure to message me on Twitter so I can get you into the private discord server where you uh we now do members meetups every couple of weeks uh we this last uh saturday we played uh zoom games it was a lot of fun we stream it to the members only here uh and we played all these really cool games it was a lot of fun um and we drink and we talk and it's it's a good time and i enjoy hanging out with my community um, but you also get all the top lobster gear super cheap early and uh shirts and hats and all that great stuff um but check out our sponsors top the man the myth the legend my good friend and partner on break the cycle where you can get this great the Tree of Liberty Must Be Watered shirt that I'm wearing tonight at 10% discount by using BTC at checkout. Also check out our executive producer, AnthemPlanning.com for all your emergency and crisis planning needs. Check them out today. See what they can do for your business, home, or personal life. Uh, they're doing a wonderful job that the government has historically sucked at uh, much cheaper and much more efficiently. Guys, coming up on the show this week. I'm stoked. It's just a great, great week of shows in general. Tomorrow, my good friend Natalie Denelishin will be on the show uh, from Mises. She's amazing. If you do not follow her, definitely go check her out. She rules. Sorry, I'm getting a dry throat down here. <clears throat> we need a humidifier in the basement, man. It's getting rough. Uh, on Wednesday, my good friend Dave Casey from Dave vs. Goliath will return to the show for the third time. If you missed him on Conspiracy Couch with Ryan Dawson and Dan Smots, you have a chance to see just him. He's really cool, hilarious, and he's got a great show. Thursday. 
Our good friend BBW's Quincy will be on. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. That man says that he will not hold back on my show, and he's going to say whatever comes to his mind. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of talk about ass eating because that's what he likes to do. And then Friday, the ultimate showdown. Scott Horton and Michael Bolden join me. Uh, Scott Horton from uh, Antiwar.com and Michael Bolden from the Tenth Amendment Center. If you guys know these gentlemen at all, I likely won't say much. Uh, I only have to give topics topics to these two, and they do all the work. It is going to be a wild show. Probably going to need to mark off like two, two and a half hours for that one, uh, but it's going to be a lot of fun. Guys, I will see you tomorrow uh, for the show. Hey, listen, if you want to come to the After Hours, hit join under any of the stream. Thank you to Marcus, uh, CD Ray, uh, and also Forrest Mommy for becoming the newest members of Break Cycle. I really appreciate it, guys. After the show... I need some water. Uh, Please uh, get a hold of me so that I can get you guys into the private Discord server. The uh, link for the After Hours is always on the thread, uh, members-only thread on my YouTube channel if you want to come and check us out. I'll see you tomorrow for the show with Natalie. Until then, don't forget to break the cycle. To explain the lyrics of my last song, they seem to contain a violent call to action in the verse and the frame. But I just landed in Minecraft. The helicopter part wasn't referenced to GTA 5 and the things you do. So any violence you commit, I am not an excuse because I just landed in Minecraft. Well, Timber is my friend and he's constantly cold. Accusations of incitement getting totally old. Make your own choices, yeah, you have control Because I just landed in Minecraft Obviously I would never advocate force Unless there's due process and a trial, of course And if you're convicted, we will make you a corpse In Minecraft, just in Minecraft There's nothing I mean, you know it No product is, cause it's close to COVID Holy shit, I think I 